In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 44 of Land Parties from the Las Vegas Review Journal. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online. I am your host, Lucas Agan. Joining me, as always, is Ryan Smith. Ryan, I think I already know the answer to this question, but how was your weekend, my friend? You know what it is. <laughs> you know what it is. The new consoles dropped uh, last week. It all the excitement we'll get into it that's kind of i want i want to talk about it uh because there's definitely obviously with the the new consoles coming out there's always got to be a little bit of drama uh so we'll talk about it but it's been fantastic i basically i'm just taking some time off too and and chilling out kind of resetting getting myself refocused mentally uh physically you know what i mean it's like it's crazy just being in this pandemic and it's like you know, we're nine months deep and it's just like, oh, man, it's like I need to take a step back and, you know, re like this is no more like this is just I got to plan basically for the future. And this is, you know, this is what it's going to be for a little bit longer. So uh, it's nice to take some time, dude, and just uh, play some video games. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. How was your weekend, my friend? <laughs> my weekend was good. I, I was uh, able to jump into one of the games I was looking forward to most, Miles Morales, which yeah. is a lot of fun. That's that's a definite must play, regardless of how you play it on PS4 or PS5. Highly recommend, but we'll get into that a little bit more. But that's enough about us for right now. We are excited to introduce our guest this week. He is the head of partnerships at Dark Zero Esports. Tommy Padula is joining us. Tommy, thank you for joining us. How are you? No, thank you for having me. Uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Excited to be here. Good. We we are excited to jump into it. I know that this is an exciting opportunity for yourself, and we we are super interested in learning more. But as Ryan mentioned, before we jump into that, we wanted to touch on the launches of the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and Series S. My goodness, uh, Xbox came out and said that this was their largest Xbox launch in its history. So that's always a good sign for them. Sony, I'm sure, flew off the shelves. Ryan, I know you got your hands on the PS5. What are your thoughts? And thank goodness you got one. <laughs> yeah, well, I was one of those guys when when the pre-orders, when that, that was a, a whole thing. I was lucky enough to get one over at Best Buy uh online just randomly like at midnight i had missed like i literally was waiting and i fell asleep like 15 minutes before it, uh, it launched and i missed that window and i was like no <laughs> uh got lucky at midnight and got it and then the next day i was trying at walmart and i was able to get one from walmart too so i actually got two but i had uh, sold one off uh to a friend and um you know so it was it was it was interesting. One of them got delayed. Uh, the Best Buy one got delayed. It didn't come till Friday. But Walmart, you know, they, 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 first they hit me up and said, your package is not going to be there on time. I got all sad. I tweeted about it. If you, if you don't follow <laughs> me, Smitty2447, <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? I got all sad about it. And then I got another email like two hours later being like, uh, your package is shipped and is on the way. And I was just like, what? Yes. <laughs> Yes. And it showed up. Uh, so we got it set up, man. Like it was, uh, you know what I mean? Like it took me a little bit to get the stand set up. Uh, but uh, that was cool. Got into the games and stuff like that. I got to say so far, like the biggest feature that is really noticeable to me is the uh, is the haptic controller. That controller is fantastic, dude. Like it, it is I feel like it is definitely a game changer as far as, you know what I mean, how controllers and, and how 
really immersive they they uh, can be. Uh, I, I tell you, like I, I got uh, uh, Call of Duty Cold War. And like, depending on what gun you use, like you have to pull on the trigger a little harder to like bring it up and like taxi fire and pull the trigger and stuff like that. Like you feel all that stuff, man. It's crazy. I think they did a great job with Astro's uh, playroom. Um, they they that really was a great tutorial. Uh you know what I mean? To get used to and really feel what the controller can do, what the system can do. And it's a nice little stroll down nostalgia because like literally the trophies and the things you're collecting are like different components, uh, peripherals, consoles from the Sony line. Uh, so it's a lot of fun uh, being able to do that and kind of go, oh, yeah, that's a, you know, the, that's the PS1 console or whatever. Uh, that was fantastic. Uh, so, you know, overall, I dude, I mean, it's gorgeous. Uh, it looks great. The load times are practically non-existent. My one issue with it, though, uh, so far has been that I've I, I Cold War. I got a digital copy of Cold War. Right. And I got it on my PS5. For some reason, it not only downloaded a PS5 version, but it also downloaded a PS4 version. I didn't realize I did the campaign through the PS4 version, not the PS5 version, and I can't move that save from there to PS5 for some reason. Number one, I got it on PS5. Why is there a PS4 version? Why is that a thing? That was so confusing to me. So my multiplayer is on PS5 version and and my campaign is on is on the PS4 version, which I beat. So I'm going to run through it again on the PS5, but I don't know why that's a thing. I noticed that also with uh, uh, Miles Morales as well. There's an option. And I don't know why it's it's really confusing because I'm on the PS5. So why not default to the PS5 version? Uh, one would think uh, that was not the case, though. The UI, you know, again, is it's going to take some getting used to, but it feels clean. Uh, it, it's clean, dude. It's it's nice. I have a buddy that has an Xbox. He was very impressed what what he saw. He got a, a Series X, and uh, he said that the load times are non-existent. Uh, everything feels good. It looks right. So I, I feel like this has been a pretty successful launch, uh, for both companies. Yeah. And it is really good to see because of the pandemic and all that. I think, I think that I had a little bit of words. Like I was curious to see how, how well the launches were. Like I have no doubt that it was going to get sold out, but you, you just wonder, right, given the economic uncertainty that a lot of people are dealing with. So it's good to see a launch be healthy and huge because it's showing a lot of people are ready to jump in into that. Um, there are going to be these quirks, you know, new systems going to be things that need to be ironed out. That's kind of what you sign up for when you jump in day one. Uh, but. You know, it seems like a healthy, healthy launch. There's a lot of reasons to be excited for both platforms going forward. So that's good. No matter if you're an Xbox gamer or a PlayStation gamer, you've got a lot to look forward to. So that this 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 moment, it's been such a weird lead up to these launches. It's it's fun that we're here and it's fun that that we get to see these platforms grow and evolve, you know, especially with Xbox. You know what you see today, who knows how it's going to kind of shift and going forward and you know i i'm a playstation guy a lot of my friends are on playstation so when i do jump to next gen it will be playstation but my goodness like like i've said this before xbox and game pass that that's an awfully enticing proposition to jump into and something that that's going to be hard to ignore as we go on um i I do want to touch on one of the launch games technically cross-gen but miles morales helped to, to kick off the ps5 launch here Ryan, I know you're playing through Spider-Man, so you're not quite to Miles Morales yet. But my goodness, this is such a fun game. If you enjoyed the original Spider-Man game, which I'm assuming most of you did, because that game is awesome as well, <laughs> you will <laughs> love this game. There's some minor improvements that I think will really stand out to people. Everything down to the soundtrack just fits perfectly. Like This is an awesome game. And I think that like, if you own a PS5... This is the game to get. If you're going to start with a game, head and shoulders, this should be the one you pick up. 
it's funny that you say that because this is the game that I picked up, uh, even though I knew and I, I did it intentionally. So I, I had already owned Spider-Man for PS4, but I was like, you know, what? I have it. I'm going to get My- Miles Morales. Why not just get that? Get the upgraded uh, uh, Spider-Man. And then, you know what I mean? I have it all. Uh, so I'm just starting out. I just started it this week and I'm enjoying it. It's I mean, again, who doesn't want to swing around New York City, dude? Like <laughs> you'd be crazy <laughs> not to want to do that. It's so much fun. Uh, and so far, too, like the story is good. This is like like this game. I feel like is a good example of what I wish Marvel Avengers is the route that they would have taken instead of trying to make a, a, a live service game. I wish they would have focused on creating a new story. You know, the mechanics were fun. Like the, the, the campaign for that game left me wanting more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, this is everything that I would want in a superhero game. Uh, yeah, it, it's, I can't wait to be able to do this. And this, yeah, I heard a little bit of the soundtrack, uh, already, you know, just like, yeah, yeah. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> this is awesome. Come on. <laughs> you know, Tommy, I, I know that when you start a new position, you don't have a lot of free time, but is is there a new console in your future down the road? Are you a console gamer? Um, if I if I go console, I'd have to go with uh, with Xbox for sure. But uh, but a lot of work is in my near future. So I'm going to have my head down working on the business of gaming um, and trickling into some games when I can. <laughs> you know, I'm just curious when when you work in the industry like you do, does that change how you view and enjoy gaming as a whole? That's a great question. Um, I believe that definitely changes the way you view the ecosystem. I'll uh, I'll compare it back to traditional sports, right? So you know, you go to a basketball game and. You definitely view the basketball and in, in the, in the, in the way that the players work with each other, the way the coach is coaching, the big plays that are made, the chemistry on the court, and that's exciting. Um, especially if you you know you have an affinity for basketball, you love to you love to play. But as soon as you get into the business side, you're like, tell me a little bit more about you know the shot clock. It says Tassat on the top, and that's a great deal. That's a that's a watch company, and that's a clock. Oh, okay, I see. Who who made those deals? Like, who made those connections, right? And, you know, you, it, there's so many there's so many different elements, and then maybe you sit back and you think, like, I wonder what these guys are on contract for. Like, what's the cap here? Like, what, what's the table? And when's the trade deadline? And you start to really get into the business side of things. So, um, just like anything that's got, you, a lot of people are very passionate about, as soon as you get into the business side of it and make it a living, um, um, you definitely have to put on a, a little bit of a different hat. I don't know if that answers your question, but let's just say that I, you, you know, you you go into it looking at it a little bit differently. There's some opportunity in it, not just a win for the match. I yeah no, it, which completely makes sense. It, it is because it's weird, like, and I feel like it, that's kind of the thing with a lot of things. I I know when I had started uh, photography, you know, it's like oh, I enjoy taking photos, I enjoy the editing side of it, and it's like oh, let's start doing things, and all of a sudden it's like whoa, there's this whole other business side that I never even. It's like this is a whole different world. I'm not prepared. I don't. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't yeah. know what I'm doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So 100%. especially within this space too, within uh, esports and video games and stuff like that, this is like so much in its infancy right now. It's all. It's still being shaped and and developed and and changing and whatnot. It most certainly is. It's it's in its formative years. I think that's why it's even more important to have an ear to the ground and be absorbing as much as possible, um, so you can see how things are evolving in real time and try to you know be the predictors of the future and create the future, if you will. So exciting, very exciting space to to be involved in. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I know, too, as part of uh, I just kind of shifting back to uh, uh, the conversation here, I, I know that there's a lot of people within this next gen uh, that did not have the opportunity to get on the pre-orders or get uh, a console on launch day. I know. Make sure that you guys are checking. I know that there's like I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I know there's like Twitter accounts that like monitor when uh, these these places uh, like Walmarts and Amazons and stuff like that when they'll be dropping. Uh, so I would make sure to check that stuff out. I know a Black Friday around the corner. There's definitely going to be uh, uh, some drops. I know that. Uh, let me just take a look real quick, because also you got to remember over in the UK, uh, our friends across the pond, uh, this stuff has not dropped yet. It is um, the 19th at noon is the UK's launch. 
so they'll get their first taste at the next generation uh, here. Was that this week? Right. That's my that's my brother's birthday. <laughs> so so hey, there you go. And then you've got, of course, uh, they've said here uh, on the 25th of November at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, that they will be dropping some uh, PlayStations and uh, Xboxes. So I know that there's been some uh, Phil Phil Spencer has come out and and he's made an apology just about how there's been a shortage. I know that, and it's it also happened with the uh, uh, the uh, the RTX the the capture cards uh, and this and that. That a lot of bots have been buying it up and then scalping them back on eBay and stuff like that. So. I feel like this is something that, you know, again, this isn't a surprise. This isn't a new thing. I, I figured that they would at least try to put, you know, some sort of measures uh, to try to prevent that from happening. Obviously, you you know, you're not going to be able to completely get rid of it. But uh, I think there's a lot of frustration just out in the community as far as with this stuff. But again, how I feel about it, my experience, it, yes, I'm loving it. But there's not really anything that's out right now that is like, hey, I have to have this. I need to be playing this right now. Save your money. They're going to come in stock as as the time goes on. They're working overtime, I'm sure, to, to be able to pump this stuff out and whatnot. Check social medias. Make sure that, you know, follow one of those accounts that just post when things are going to be available. And then, you know, if, if you feel like you got to do it, do the thing. Yeah, I, I will say this. I was about to, to agree with what you just said. I was going to say today's PSA is don't support the scalpers. Don't do yeah. it. The the good and bad thing about this time is that most of these games are still coming to current gen systems. So if you can't get one right now, if you can't get one today, just wait, be patient, keep trying because there's not that exclusive next gen title. That's a system seller yet. So there's no rush. There's no rush. Don't pay ridiculous amounts of money for this. They're already expensive enough as it is at MSRP. Don't do it. Couldn't agree more. Uh, and then I just, I real quickly, I wanted to touch on something. I saw that uh, over our, our friends over at Capcom had a hacking issue uh, recently, which actually exposed uh, 350,000 uh, people's personal data. The good thing I'm going to start out with that real quick is that it did not include credit card numbers or, or any sensitive data as far as uh, in those regards. Uh, however, your personal data, email addresses, uh, things of that nature have been exposed. This happened over in Japan and here uh, in the States. Um, you know, this is a tough one, especially with everything that's going on. You know, how do you that that is a lot of data. Luckily, it seems like they they were at least up front. Uh, and did not like try to hide anything. They're letting people know. So if you do have a Capcom account, go change your password just in case. We'll see how they they go about. They're still in the investigation uh, point as well, uh, as far as with this. And then and then part of this leak also there was an exposure of uh, that that Resident Evil uh, Village. Um, the reportedly anyway, the, uh, release date for that game, uh, was exposed within this hack too. So, you know, that's a, that's a tough one, man. That is a tough one. Cause you got to think on the back end security wise, I would think that they would have things in place, uh, you know, to protect data like that. But again, I don't, I, I don't know that kind of, I don't, that is not my world. Uh, so I'm only speculating. Yeah, I mean, hacks, this is never great, never good. You, you'd hope companies would keep striving to uh, improve their security against this kind of stuff. It just must be so hard, right? Because hackers continually find new ways to get in. And an unfortunate evil of this world that would that we just continually have to deal with. Yeah, I yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, you know, again, I... The, the safest thing to do is just change your password uh, if you do have that. Uh, the good thing is that they were they were pretty quick as far as response and letting the general public know that, hey, there was a hack. And, uh, you know, here's exactly the information that was accessed. And uh, we're investigating to figure stuff out. So it says the information includes names, addresses, birth dates, phone numbers, passport info. Uh so, I mean, that's pretty, uh, that's some pretty, like, you could basically do anything with that. 
you could basically do anything with that. Uh, that is not good at all. Hold on, I was thinking it was just like I thought it was at. I didn't realize it was at a level like that. Like that is that is like all the information, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Other than having my car, and I'm sure someone's got that somewhere too. Yeah. <laughs> for, for the record, we're not encouraging that. <laughs> just, just no, kidding. do not do that. <laughs> yeah, so this is pretty big. That's a lot of information. So check your emails too, because I imagine at some point in time, they'll be reaching out via email to the people that were affected by this hack. So just make sure you check your emails, change your passwords. Uh, not much you could do retroactively now. Yep. So it's unfortunate, but this is, yeah, just, just, uh, just, uh, you know, we wanted to make sure that you guys knew so that if you, if you do have one of those accounts, um, you know, you're aware and, and you're able to make those changes. So anyway, enough, enough talk. We need to, we need to start talking about some business here. We're going to take a quick commercial break and we will be right back to talk to Tommy. 2020 has already reshaped how we work. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world, with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. visit Indeed each month, according to Comscore Total Visits. So it's clear Indeed can help get you the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to those short messages. Let's jump into the reason why everybody's listening. Tommy, first of all, congratulations on the new position. Talk to us about how this opportunity came and what stood out to you about this. Well, I'll, I'll back up a little bit. I'll give you a little bit of background on me that 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 leads to where I am today. So my name is Tommy Padula. I was born in New York, um, uh, grew up playing sports, uh, grew up gaming, and got my start in sports entertainment right out of college at Madison Square Garden. Um, this is where I worked with the Knicks, the Rangers, Liberty, um, some of our other entertainment properties, Radio City Music Hall, Beacon Theater, um, and uh, was in business development as an account executive, um, and then really really fell in love with partnerships um, and sponsorship side of the business of sports entertainment and just making connections with brands. Um, you know, I was 
go to events and you see all these different brands there and you wonder why and, and how. And, and then again, you also wonder how, you know, how are we able to pay these salaries to some of these players and why is the business of sports so profitable and, and so big? Um, and I thought, you know, I love sports so much. Why not make a, a career out of it? So got my start at the garden. Um, and uh, so I built a really cool partnership with the New York Liberty and the D- New York City Department of Education, brought a bunch of kids to learn about this, learn about the business of sports and got really close with the NBA and the WNBA. Lisa Borders and Jay Perry, um, the president and CEO of the WNBA, called me the, to the league offices one day and let me know that the Las Vegas Aces uh, were going to be starting out here in, in Vegas. So um, they were the San Antonio Stars before, so they were going to be making the move. It was an amazing opportunity. Put my pros and cons list up, and Vegas had a lot of pros. Um, so uh, you know, convinced my girlfriend to to move with me across the country uh, from New York City to get the the Aces started. Now the Aces are actually owned and and operated out of MGM Resorts International. MGM Resorts International owns your you know the, the MGM Grand, Bellagio, Aria, Mandalay Bay, um, etc. <clears throat> so a lot of venues, a lot of properties, um, and I was poached. Well, I was tra- transitioned internally um, to manage corporate partnerships for all of our properties internationally. <clears throat> so I got into. I was doing that. It was awesome. I, it was. It was an opportunity at, at the age that you know I was 26 or 27, 26 at the time when I got that opportunity and to to go from getting my start at the Garden to managing corporate partnerships for you know, multi-billion dollar, one of the largest sports entertainment companies in the world was amazing. So I was learning so much, especially for a young age. I ended up getting into a pretty tough car accident, was dinged up for a little bit, took some time off work. Um, that led me right into COVID. Um, wanted to get, wanted to really take a step back and look at what my next step was going to be. I wanted it to be strategic. Um, I wanted to be excited about it. I wanted my heart to be into it. And I've always been it's always excited me being on the brink, being on the edge of something, something new, something innovative. Um, and uh, when you think of those things and you think of sports, you get, you'd have to go to esports, you'd have to go to gaming to see uh, to see where we're seeing an entire you know universe and ecosystem in sports develop right before our eyes in these formative years. So. Um, was uh, was looking online and looking at some some of the orgs and looking at the space and saw that Dark Zero was going to be making a move to Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my really good buddies who I worked with at MGM and at MSG Madison Square Garden was connected with one of the uh, one of the guys over here, head of content Jordan, and uh, had him reach out, set up a call, talked with him a little about about the culture, about the team, what they were looking for, um, and it was a match made in heaven. And it was an awesome opportunity. So um, after uh, they they were going through their move, and after negotiating some terms, uh, we landed on on something, and I'm and I'm really excited to be here. You know, when you were talking with them, what what ultimately was the difference maker? What what as you kind of learned more about the organization stood out? Oh, just a, a great team. You know, when you talk to some of these guys, they're they're sharp, they're witty. Um, they know they know the space so well, and they're super passionate about it. I, I follow that. I follow passion. I can sense that energy. I want to be around that kind of energy. I think that that's probably what drew me to this team more than anything. And I knew that what they were passionate about was Dark Zero and esports. Uh, and and that's that's that was a train I was willing to hop on. You know what I mean? When when guys have that kind of passion, that kind of drive, mixed with the with the with having that toolbox that you need to get it done. Um, and our ownership, Zach Machula, um, <clears throat> these are just these are just guys that welcome me in and and really really talked about the vision of esports that they had. And it, it just it seemed like an opportunity I couldn't pass up. So let me let me ask you then, like, how was it shift wise from going with traditional sports uh, to kind of shifting into the uh, gaming sector in the esports sector? We kind of touched on it a little bit earlier about it really being in its infancy. You know, where do you see that your experience from those traditional sports and how you can, you know, what I mean, marry that stuff into the esports world? Yeah, no, it's a good question as well. Listen, I think that. Coming from traditional sports, I have a little bit of my experience in the structure. I know how to operate a P&L, a profit and loss. I know what brands are looking for. I know how to set up different categories. These are things that, you know, organizations that may just be getting legs or just starting to have conversations or look, looking to, to talk to sponsors. Having had hundreds of conversations with sponsors in the past and many different brands from many different categories. When I say category, you know, auto category, you know, Honda or, you know, you can do some of an endemic brand like a, like a consumer electronics you know, like an Alienware or something like that. Um, So essentially bringing that experience of building out 
a sponsorship platform around a team to an esports er org early will put us in a position to be ahead of the game. I mean, as soon as we can, the, the cool part too is that there's a lot of red tape and a lot of walls up in traditional sports. They have their way of doing things. They've done it for X number of years. Brands like it that way. This is a what what excites me about this and what gets me intrigued is that you know the, a lot of those walls are down. We're kind of brand new, wide open. You know, let's sit down with brands and say, let's build this thing out together. Let's get super super creative and do something that's never done been done before. That's that's what really draws me this because that's that gets me excited. And I think brands get excited too when they get to sit down in a, in a conference room and it's not like, all right, here's cookie cutter. I got these assets. These are worth this. This worth that. Let me know what you want. It's like no, let's 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 really roll our sleeves up, get creative, talk about what our goals are, and align um, and find those synergies together. As you're working to develop, you know th- those synergies and those partnerships. What's the biggest thing that brands are not understanding about esports that they need to to be able to connect better? I would probably here's what I'll say. I'm in week two. So I'm just starting those conversations. <laughs> so it'd actually be it'd be wrong of me to answer that question because I'd be I'd just be guessing. Um, I'm just starting to have those conversations. What I do know is that there are brands that have taken a bite out of esports already. So they have a taste, right? You know, for what this tastes like. What I'm really looking for, I think what I'm excited to do is introduce a lot of brands to esports. So, you know, this is a great opportunity as a boutique org that's competing in one scene. We can get, we can, we can develop a relationship with a brand and grow together, enter new scenes together, um, work out new assets and, and build campaigns together. So I think that that's a, that's a big opportunity as well. Was there ever was there a thought like you you obviously had some extensive history with with some some big leagues like the NBA WNBA was there a thought to try and stay in those leagues or were you looking for something new was that something you kind of wanted a different direction you know listen I think that well number one just to be real like let's let's be honest I think that live sports probably took one of the biggest hits from the pandemic. You know, let's be honest. I mean, we were tasked with filling arenas with people and then putting brands in front of those people. So, um, my space, my what I built a career doing was in a bit of a lull, you know, in an unprecedented time. So massive layoffs. A lot of my colleagues no longer have jobs. I mean, entire divisions let go um, in, in traditional sports. Uh, inside sales teams completely cut. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that being said, yes. Was I, was I open to traditional sports? I'll be honest. I was... I was already looking for something different before COVID. So with COVID being there, it was almost like a sign from God, like let's let's get innovative and really look for something different. Um, and that led me right to esports. And I know that COVID's affecting everybody negatively. So of course right. esports is, is taking somewhat of a negative a negative hit. But at the same time, I believe that there's a lot more people there are future fans that are being that are being birthed right now. Um, future players being birthed right now um, because they've had the time, you know, the world has had the time to, to tuck away. Um, so it is a great time for esports, depending on what angle you look at it, but it's still a great time for esports. Um, so, the, and, and, and this is a, this is one of those opportunities that I've been thinking about for years. I think when esports first came, really started coming out of the map five, six years ago when I was getting started, um, it was always in the back of my head as like something really cool that I hoped one day I would be a part of. So as soon as, as soon as there was an opportunity and the timing was right, no brainer. Yeah. And we talked about that too, you know, from the, from the jump off of this, just how this is, this really put that digital space in the spotlight and all the things you could do. And it was, you know, at one point in time, I got buddies that are in production and stuff like that. You know, they do sports betting and stuff and they were just like, we've got no content. Uh, you know, what do you know about esports and and this and that? And it kind of shifted right. over and whatnot. Yeah. So like this was, this was, I mean, again, this is an absolutely terrible situation that we're in, but for, from that, from the digital standpoint, and, and, and again, this, this gave people the opportunity to then get innovative to, you know what I mean? Be put into a position. It's like, look, 
I'm I'm here. Let's see what what's out there and and see if I can utilize my skills uh, to be able to get into this. And I, I think a lot of people made uh, opportunities for themselves and and are really going to be able to marry some of these what we would call traditional uh, uh, things with the esports world, which is growing and trying to get a foundation and stuff like this. This is literally you like you were saying we're on the ground floor building it up now and 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 shaping what that looks like. Like later. Mm-hmm. 100%. Well put. Well put. You know, and it's been it's been interesting, right? Because as as an esports fan and a, of the gaming industry as a whole, we've seen it kind of rise to the occasion, right? It, it had its moment because of the pandemic, I think a lot sooner than any of us anticipated. But we've, we've also seen some I mean, in, in any industry, there's good, there's bad, there's struggles, there's triumphs. Uh, just recently, you know, we saw that ESPN, which obviously has its own issues company-wide, a ton of unfortunate layoffs and not going and closing open positions. But they also decided to uh, shutter its esports coverage team. Is, is that something that is, – is esports at a point where it's, it's big enough that it doesn't need – a company like ESPN or how much of a hit do you see that kind of seeing the juggernaut kind of shift away for now? Um, my comment on that would be, I think that they, they were going, I think ESPN was going through a massive infrastructure change, personnel change that spanned across many divisions, many sports, mm-hmm. um, and the, the sports uh, positions that, that were let go were a part of that. Um, do I think that it's some sort of grim sign of the of a dark future? Absolutely not. It's a sign of the, the times for sports in general is what it is. Um, and I wouldn't look into it too much. Uh, I think that, you know, Esports does a great job. All the other leagues are kind of centralized up to ESPN and Sports Center, right? Like if you're going to get your information, it's kind of like it all it all stems from there. There's esports because it, it because it kind of was birthed from these formative years and from you know it's it's in its infancy. There's so many amazing channels to get to to, to engage with um, and to get that to to get that information. So um, they're competing with those because they've done such a great job, these grassroots production companies and et cetera. So, um, and online channels, this is birth from people online, you know, the, the streaming, you know, ESPN is that traditional version. So I'm not surprised, you know, but ultimately I think it's more of a sign of the times and it was across the, uh, all of ESPN. So it was, um, it was depends definitely. on how you look at it. You know what I mean? I, I don't think it's anything we want to want to be too negative about, but, um, <clears throat> certainly feel bad for like all my colleagues across sports. I think it's a testament to, you know, sports as a whole and entertainment's taking a hit right now. And, and how companies react, um, will, will be, um, they should be smart about it because it's going to be how they're looked at for years down the road and how they reacted during these times. Cause we are going to bounce back and things will eventually get back to normal. For sure. For sure. You know, and, and I know that you are in the ground stages of your time at dark zero, but where do you see your can your role kind of evolving? And do you see a lot of crossover in the types of brands that connect with esports fans as uh, like an NBA fan? So for example, yeah. Um, Still in those sponge sponge days of just really, really soaking everything in. Um, but how do I how do I see my role working here? You know, again, I think I bring I bring a lot of the experience in the structure from working out traditional deals. And I think when we sit down with some of these brands, we can kind of together say, "Listen, we, we're you know I'm from the traditional world. Here's how we do things. Here's how you're used to doing things." Now we're in the esports space. This is an exciting space. Let's take what we loved from the traditional side and then look at some of the stuff that we felt like we wish we could have changed or done better with and double down on that over here now that we have that opportunity in esports. The audience is there. The eyeballs are there. Um, that's what brands are looking for. So um, <clears throat> with that being said, I think that there's a lot of opportunity to get creative with brands. So my role is to come into an organization like this and to help verse everybody in the organization on, on on brand sponsorship and partnerships so that everybody knows how to wear their partnership hat and how to position our company in a way that's smart and in a way that brands um, 
have, you know, they want to get it, they want to get involved. Um, having that mindset the entire time, um, is important. So, um, that, that's one of, that's one of my first jobs, but then also structuring and getting in and say, Hey, we need to build out our brand deck. We need to get that thing looking right. We need to, um, we need to, to pull on all these metrics. We've done such a great job building up our social. Let's really get a 360 on who our audience is, who are the dark zero fans? Um, who are the rainbow six siege fans? What do they look like? You know, do they have kids? Do they, um, how much do they make a year? You know, they, where do they live? Um, et cetera. So really getting that 360 profile um, and just talking that brand talk um, around the office is the beginning part. And then I really think that like, if, if, if I have a beautiful vision, um, I believe that we build up an amazing group of interns and coordinators um, who have an affinity for esports. They want to get involved in the business beside of sports, and esports is so big to them. Um, they love it. They play they play video games, and they're sitting in their dorm room. They want to get involved. Here's a great opportunity. Um, esports is going to be around for a very long time. If if you can get that on your resume now and begin to to get your feet wet, um, you're setting yourself up to get way ahead of everybody else when you go to get your resume thrown into a pile um, when you go to graduate. So I think that building up a, a Patriots, Patriots pedigree of sponsorship athletes, if you will, like sponsorship sellers, right? That not only do we have this pedigree on the competition side, we have an amazing teams that are doing really well in whatever scenes that they're in, um, in content creators, but we also have these front office execs and these teams of interns and people that have come through. They're like, oh yeah, I, I came through Dark Zero. That's where I learned how to do esports sponsorship right. And now I'm bringing that on to X, Y, and Z org. And we do better we help esports as an ecosystem as a whole. Help help have you know experienced executives that know esports and know the business side of it like the back of their hand. They've been doing it for years, and they can help propel us out of these formative years into prosperity. You know, it's interesting because obviously, you know, given the nature of esports, it can obviously be done online, and, and we've seen a bigger focus on that with with the pandemic, but. Vegas as a city, right? We've seen certain companies, MGM included, make some some big overtures to try and get into that world, right? Like the esports arena at the Luxor, stuff like that. Do you think Vegas as a city is set up for the future to be a a, a hotbed for esports like that? I'm glad you asked. I'm super excited that about Vegas being. Listen, Vegas is a global entertainment capital of the world, you know, and this is a global entertainment product. So what a better city to stamp its flag in. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's, <laughs> so that's how I look at it. And I think that there's a lot, like people come from all over the people, um, people from all over the world have an affinity for, you know, dark zero or for, or for esports team or, or, or represent or uh, your fans of orgs um, and people from all over the world come to Vegas. So it's going to be a great destination for, tournaments, invitationals, some of the biggest, you know, as the sphere, the MSG sphere gets finished up being built. Um, we have T-Mobile Arena that we can work with. We have the amazing HyperX Esports Arena right here out of Luxor. Um, so I think that, you know, without getting too far ahead of myself here, I think it would be really great to partner with uh, a venue or a, um, a resort on the strip and kind of have a, a home field or a home tournament, you know, that we host, um, that, uh, brings teams and organizations from all over, um, to, to play right here in Vegas in front of a global audience. Um, and we got global brands here with a global audience with a global game. So, you know, here we go. Let, let's do it. I think we can get super creative. There's a lot of opportunity there. I could, I could sit here for days. I got a whiteboard next to me with a bunch of ideas on it. So I can <laughs> sit here for days and go through, um, through the whiteboard of ideas. But that's definitely we're starting to have those conversations. And now you get into the betting and the shifting into the, the gaming. Now, it's funny. We, we say gaming. Gaming as far as playing a video game and then gaming as in gambling. Right. So <laughs> gaming, gaming is a thing. I think, <laughs> I think that we're going to get there. How does that look? There's obviously some red tape. Um, there's gonna, We're going to need all of the players at the table to make it happen. Um, but there's a, there's a, I think there's a really bright future for in-game betting and an entertainment sports experience around gambling that we've never seen before. Um, I just think it's a matter of time um, and getting the right people at the table. Um, but definitely. 
No, and when we saw too this summer, you know, they they approved uh, uh, some some sports uh, betting as far as with esports and stuff like that. I know, you know, uh, within meetings and conferences and stuff like that within the gaming casino industry, they've been having these conversations and how to be able to start integrating this stuff and getting it going. So, you know, again, I feel like just you know within the current situation, it just gave it an opportunity to be like, all right, let's take a serious look at this. Let's see how this works. Let's let's move on it we saw other places outside of vegas uh move forward with it and you know what i mean be able to capitalize on that as well uh so it's yeah it's it's uh it's not surprising to me and i think you're 100 correct that now we're getting to see vegas is the perfect spot for this they have the infrastructure they're building it out and whatnot and then you've got these 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 huge corporations and casinos and it only makes sense to marry the two worlds and see you know what i mean what what what, what evolves from that i'm super excited dude i i agree with you 100 this is the city for that to happen yep Right in our backyard, Las Vegas Review Journal. Let's make it happen. Yeah, right. <laughs> we're going to need all of you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're ready for it. We're ready. To, to speak to all that, to, to piggyback off that, though, I think it'd be really important to, you know, we're a global game and, and we have a global audience, but I also want to start building some hometown relationships and and some hometown fans, um, you know, I think that that's really important. I want Las Vegas to know that we're here. They have a, they have, you know, uh, they have a professional esports team right here in their backyard that's loved around the globe, and they need to know about it. Um, so that's important too. So I think we could definitely look to to be building the fan base here, building the audience here, and building the the relationships that we have with local brands and and and, and local businesses too. Yeah, and I, I think that that clearly just in the last couple of years through the Raiders and the Aces and the Knights, you know, this this city is ready to support their hometown teams. In they love day. it. Yeah, and we're a little cheaper than the Knights and the Raiders. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for, from a career perspective there, I mean, obviously you, you did some work with the Liberty, the Knicks, you come here, you help launch the Aces. Now you're helping uh, Dark Zero kind of get their, their roots down in Vegas. Does that from a career perspective, kind of get your juices flowing to kind of be in at the beginning of something and, and getting that to take off. Yeah. I love, um, I can almost sense when I'm in the, I think everybody, you know, loves when they feel like they're at the beginning of something, you know, when they're they're, when they can feel the energy that everybody's feeling around them. And then, then everyone's putting in their, you know, their passion. Um, everyone's putting in the work around it. Um, it's, it's, it's what gets me going. And I think that in life, you know, especially when we fall into careers, everyone's lucky. You're very lucky if you, if you're able to build yourself a career. Um, but at the same time, you know, career, uh, things can happen, things can change and, um, it can get boring. You may get to a point where you're like, wow, I mean, I could do this stuff in my sleep. This is great. Bills are paid, but I'm stagnant. Right. Um, I like that, 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 feeling of being on the brink. I like the feeling of, uh, being a little uncomfortable, you know what I mean? But in a very positive way, cause it's forcing me to think out of the box. It's forcing me, um, to, to operate in a different way or to look, look at the world through a different lens. So, um, whether it was when I first got to the garden, for example, we were implementing our CRM system, our customer relationship management system. It was one of the things I dove into cause I realized that selling and analytics, we're going to work hand in hand. You know, you, you can throw as many darts at the wall as possible. You can get really calculated as to how you throw it in the wind and the humidity in the room and, you know what I mean? And try to get yourself your best shot. And I think that that was one of the things that I, I helped, I helped launching it going at the garden because it was new and every, everyone was getting used to it at the garden. So then, then forging a relationship with a, um, with the New York City Department of Education, that was new. You know, normally you go to a, a typical brand. You don't you don't sell education, right? Like it was it was it was new. It was brand new. And then of course, you know, brand new team coming to Vegas, new city, new coast, new team, new. Love it. That gets me fired up. I think these are the things that rejuvenate me. I think of it as like Mario Kart, where you're flying around and then you kind of start to putter for a bit, and then you hit that you hit that little thing, and you're like, I'm back at it again. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, that, this is one of my new my new boosts, and I, I'm really excited to be a part of it. Perfect, perfect. I, I know that that this the start of this journey is something that I'm super excited. I was thrilled to learn about Dark Zero making the move here. I mean that that 
awesome. Look, totally awesome. <laughs> like, the, I, I, I guess I must have like missed it. I didn't hear any chatter about it beforehand, so I was like just floored because it kind of just came out of nowhere for me. Because yeah, but that's one of the reasons why we're here. You know, when I first got it, I was like, let's let the world know. Let's let Vegas know. So. No, that's one of the reasons why we're having this conversation. So we want Vegas to know that we are here and we're proud to be here. Perfect. Fantastic. Yeah, I, you know, and for people who are just going to kind of latch on to Zero for the first time, right? They might have heard of them, but now that they're here, they're ready to kind of make that jump and get behind this organization. What can they expect? Like if you could describe the personality of this organization and of the players, what can they expect to see from this? I think that they can expect they can expect to be supporting a team that takes the craft very seriously. Um, we really we eat, breathe, live this thing. I mean, if you look behind me, I'm I'm in our stream pods, but this is our beautiful three $3 million mansion out here in Vegas that's equipped with all of our players live here. We have a full workout facility, got the chef, got a kitchen. I mean, we do meditation. Um, the mind, body, spirit's a big part of our, of, of our, um, our formula, but, what you're going to get out of becoming a part of the Dark Zero family is that we're going to take our, our craft very seriously. We're going to be competitive in every tournament and every invitational that we're a part of, but we're also going to have like a really good time. Um, and you're going to fall in love with the personalities that we have on our team um, and, uh, and, and the personalities that we have in our front office. Um, our, our content creators, the content that we put out there, you're going to fall in love with the content. Um, so you're going to find yourself on the edge of your seat, excited to root for us in, in tournament style as we're playing in, you know, in these tight games. And then you're going to find yourself having some belly laughs um, as being a part of the community. So uh, we're a community, we're a family, um, and you feel that as soon as you walk through the doors, as soon as you start absorbing and, and taking in the content. I love that. I love that. Uh, yes. Check them out. Uh, dark zero. I know dark zero GG dot GG, uh, is the website. Uh, go show them some love. Any, uh, anything else you want to, you want to leave us with here, Tommy? Oh man. I feel like I've said it all. Um, first of all, I, what I would like to, to leave you with is thank you guys for having me here. I, I do appreciate it, um, and I'd love to be back. Any anything, any questions I can answer, I'm here. Um, any events that we can be a part of, we're here. We want to be a staple in the community um, and reach out to us. We're on Twitter, Dark Zero uh, GG. Um, we're on TikTok, Dark Zero GG. We got our YouTube up as well. So come join us. Uh, come enjoy being a part of the family. Um, but no, we're we're excited as an organization to, to be right here in Las Vegas. Like I said, global city. Um, but we know it's got amazing local roots and, and we're a part of that. Um, so thank you for having us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. We really appreciate it, Tommy. Uh, Lucas, my friend, what do you got going on this weekend? Well, I didn't quite finish Miles Morales, so I am ready to just get to the end game. It's super fun. I'm addicted to it. And then to be honest with you, I'll probably jump back into Super Mario 35. That game is freakishly addicting to me and I can <laughs> waste entirely too much time playing that. What about yourself? I love it. I still need to play that, dude. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm playing Spider-Man, little Spider-Man and uh, uh, probably some Bless and Least. Uh, I want to kind of get into that and dig more into that game. Obviously, Destiny 2 Beyond Light, uh, that dropped last week as well, so I'm grinding through that. I've got Legion. i got too many games, son. I'm <laughs> playing all the games. <laughs> but, yeah, you, you know what it is. Thank you guys so much uh, again for joining us, for listening to this episode. Don't forget to check us out on the socials at Land Parties Pod. Uh, we hope you guys have a fantastic rest of the week, and you know what it is. We love you. Old faces.